What's up, guys? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for May 1st. 1st of May? Tuesday, <laughs> 2018. Fucking, what's up? I hope everyone's good. I'm so fucking tired. Holy dick. Um, I, uh, well, what a week. What a bloody week, eh? Um, I just, I got one of those tirednesses going on where, like, my eyes are watering, you know? I've had, like, a cup of coffee today, and I had some beer infused with... I think I'm a little bit drunk as well. I'm, I don't think I'm drunk. I'm, like... I think the next wine I have will go to my head, probably. But I'm going to hold off for a minute. I've got my tea. As as per usual, I'm fucking not one to break from tradition. But, uh... Mm, I'm feeling on the edge of it. Uh, first things first... I've got, I got a bunch of fucking stories to tell this week, man. But first things first... Like, I've got a bit of a serious thing to start off with, um, which is uh, this morning, I came on my own face. <laughs> I came on my face. That was the first thing I did today. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes you just... You misjudge your own trajectory, and um, I uh, I had to wipe jizz out of my eye before I before my feet even hit the ground, <laughs> and um, and I uh, I had to have a shower because I had sounding board, which is like the halfway progress report thing for Nice, which is that business shit that I'm doing at the moment. So I had to take my business plan in, and uh, I was like, you know what, I don't think. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't shower first thing in the morning because it feels kind of redundant, you know. It's like you just if you weren't clean when you got in a bed, then that's that's on you, you know. Um, so normally I wouldn't shower first thing, but I was like, you know what? I'm just about to go in to meet my two course coordinators. The dudes have been teaching me. I don't want to go go into that uh, high pressure situation with a face full of my own fucking 21st century makeup gear. <laughs> Oh, what a strong start. Um, I do have a serious thing to start off with, but um, I feel like I want to get this out of the way because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, So, this is a long story. All right, so basically I'm going to try and leave the names out of this as well because I don't think people need to be named, but I think this is a really interesting, like, very of the zeitgeist. It's very, ne- like, you know, it's really relevant uh, culturally at the moment, which is that a friend of mine, a comedian, female, was um, sexually assaulted, uh, like, fucking six, nine months ago by another comedian who was a male. A male? Jesus, I can't... I'm really going to have to try to not get too serious. Another comedian who was a male, aged between 18 and 35. Um... The guy's a fucking idiot. He's not a good comic. Whatever. That's neither here nor there, to be honest. But um, she was a... The the bare bones of the situation was um, that she was like, we're using a condom. And he was like, no, come on. I don't want to use a condom. And she kept saying, no, we're not doing it without a condom. And she said, no, and no, and no. So many times until finally she was just worn down and couldn't didn't say yes, but just couldn't say no anymore because he just kept trying and like lying on top of her, and I, look, I don't know the absolute specifics of the story, but um, this guy, after she went to the police with it and there was a, an investigation that was eventually dismissed because there wasn't enough evidence to bring it to trial, but uh, 
she's the second person to come forwards with sexual allegations against him, and there are a bunch of other women who have not come forward, um, who she's spoken to, who don't want to be named publicly, but she's come forward, and there was another woman who also came forward. So history, historically, you know, doesn't look great for this guy, even if it wasn't brought to trial due to lack of evidence, whatever. So it's kind of the consensus in the Melbourne comedy community that this guy is to be ostracised, not given stage time or gigs, and he's not welcome at rooms because um, she can't feel comfortable. If, if, if this guy, if there's a chance that this dude's going to show up at a room, she is not going to be there because this is a guy who assaulted her and, and she can't obviously fucking be in the same room as this dude. So most rooms have been pretty um, forthcoming with, you know, banning this guy and making that very clear. But there was one room that hadn't done, and uh, the guy who runs that room is um, a new comic. And it's always hard, man, when you're a new comic, you want to run a room because that's how you get stage time. And you don't, especially with the current climate around comedy of, like, the whole Me Too, whatever shit, it's like you don't really know politically what you're getting yourself into because as soon as you run a room, then you're like a gatekeeper on some level, even if it's a very low level, and you got to... Every decision you make for who to put on is a political decision, whether you like it or not, you know? And uh, this guy was hesitant to ban the the um, the sexual assault dude just because he didn't have all the information and he didn't know... He was just basically going, look, innocent until proven guilty. The charges were dropped. Also, he hadn't spoken with the girl, and then the guy was at his room every week because it's one of the few rooms that he can still get on. And so, obviously, this dude is, like, fairly charismatic and persuasive and pretty aggressive in the way that he is, like, what if this fucking happened to you, man? False allegations. It's not fucking true. Fuck. Like, you know, what if, like, any fucking chick could just say that you assaulted her and then everyone's going to believe her? Think about that and the repercussions of that, which is its own fucking argument, whatever. But um, because of that, the dude running the room was like, look, I don't know, I'm in two minds. And so anyway, I emceed that room last week. And that guy was on the lineup. And I should have just, um, I should have just said, hey, look, because I know everything that's happened. And I should have just said, hey, look, I'm not going to keep emceeing this room tonight unless this guy's taken off the lineup. But I didn't do that because it's hard to do. It's hard in the moment to act. And I guess I just was like, well, fucking, this is what it is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking shake the dude's hand. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm just going to bring him on neutrally. And I mean, his material is fucking garbage anyway. When he came off, independent of whatever happened with him, he did some joke that was like, uh, what was the joke? It was, um, I can prove that there's racism in this room right now. And he goes, um, don't laugh if you have a problem with black people. And obviously no one laughed because that's not funny. And then he starts going, oh, look, oh, you're all bloody racist. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're... What is this, like, I'm fucking smarter than you bullshit, like, trying to bully the crowd into laughing because you think you go, either laugh or you're racist. Go fuck yourself, you fucking lazy cunt. Even if he, even, 
<laughs> Regardless of whether you assaulted my friend or not, you're a fucking idiot. That is the most garbage, lowest common denominator shit. It's not even funny. It's literally bullying an audience and making people feel fucking uncomfortable. Isn't it funny that I'm angrier about bad comedy <laughs> than I am about actual sexual assault? <laughs> oh my god, that sucks. <laughs> it's the, the first time I get fired up talking about this is when I'm talking about someone making a bad joke. Ugh, anyway. So <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad there's a laugh somewhere in this dire story. Oh, that's fucking hideous. Anyway, um, so the guy goes on, does his garbage shit. I come on and I bag him out for his shitty jokes. Uh, and I think a part of that, I think honestly I wouldn't have bagged him out if it was just a, a, a person who was a normal comic doing bad gear, but because I have a natural predisposition against him because he, you know, did that to someone, um, I was more ready to go on and just go, like, look at this fucking idiot. I think what I said was like, um, hey, everyone, don't cry if you want to have sex with Hitler. Oh, no one cried. Look at you guys. Want to feel? Want to fuck Hitler? That was my joke. Anyway, so, um, so I get home the next day, and I the next day my friend, uh, the girl, messages me and goes, "Can we talk?" And we set up a time to talk on the phone. And uh, she called me and just basically was like, "Look, I saw that you emceed that show. I don't think that's good enough. Um, you're my friend. You know what happened. You, I know you support me. I know you're a good person. And what this is right now is cognitive dissonance. Is you're allowing yourself to, you're, you're like letting yourself off the hook, like thinking that just because I'm not there with you means you can, you know, not take action. And I was like, yep, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm being a fucking coward right now. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, it's hard because I want to do that that stage time. I want the fucking gigs, but. If they're booking this guy who's fucking sexually assaulted people, then um, I shouldn't be doing those shows because I'm lending my uh, my my respect in the community to those shows, and I'm you know being funny at those shows, making them good shows, and it makes it look like Melbourne comedy doesn't care if people are going out there sexually assaulting other other people. So I messaged the guy who runs the room, and I said, "Look, man." Um, in a, as friendly a way as I could, like, I really think that you should ban this guy, um, you know what's happened, you know what the allegations are, you know that it's been taken to the police, you know that there are other allegations out there, and, uh, I really think you should ban him, I understand if you don't want to, but if you don't want to, know that I'm not going to be able to perform at your room, and that sucks, because I really like your room, and I, I don't think you're a bad dude, but that's what's going to have to happen, and, uh, I really thought that he was going to just say like, no, man, I, I can't, um, I really thought he was going to be like, look, I don't have all the facts and whatever, but a day later he messaged me and said, yeah, we've banned the guy, I've thought about it a lot, and, um, what am I trying to get at with this story, I just, I think it's super important to do this kind of stuff, and it's fucking hard, because I want to be a fucking comedian, you know, I want to do comedy, and that's what I care about, and I, it's almost like you got to do every gig to get better. Am I really prepared to sacrifice the thing that I love for my morals? Those are two things that are important, you know, but it's like, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the question that put to me, and I was like, all right, do I want to be a good person or do I want to be a good comedian? 
And I guess at the end of the day, being a good person is more important, so that's what I had to do, and I'm loath to, to fucking do it. I'm not going to say it was an easy decision. It was fucking hard. I didn't want, I didn't want to fucking threaten to not gig there. I want every gig. Like, but at the same time, I also don't want women to be raped, you know? Fuck. Um, I wanted to tell this story, and maybe this will tie in. In January, I, uh, I slept with this girl, and it was a Tinder date, first date. She was lovely, great. I was like, do you want to come back to mine? She was like, yep. We came back to mine. Before, when we were about to have sex, she was like, hey, can we use a condom? I was like, yep, I've got some condoms. Uh, used them the first two times. The third time, I'd run out, and uh, rather than tell her, we just didn't have a conversation about it. And uh, it was just like, oh, are we, yeah, oh, are we, uh, and we had sex. And, um, you know, she stayed the night, and then the next morning we kind of chatted, and uh, I went to work, and we left it. And then the next day she messaged me, or after we'd been chatting a little bit, she kind of messaged me, and she was just like, um, man, like, you know, you're really cool and funny and great and lovely, but I don't think I want to have sex with you again. And after we talked about it a bit, um we kind of sussed out that the reason that she didn't want to have sex with me again is because of that moment when we didn't have the conversation and I just assumed that it was fine because I assumed that the body language and cues that I was getting from her were like an okay. Um, and so we didn't use a condom and she was like, look in the moment it was consensual. It's fine. You didn't do anything. There was no, I didn't say no, but it just made me uncomfortable that you you, you you didn't ask me before that and we didn't have that conversation. And I was like, fuck, I'm so sorry. I completely understand. And it was crazy to me that I'd never thought about that before. I never thought, like, to just have the conversation. Here was my thought process. If we have, if, if I go, hey, uh, I don't have any more condoms left. I know you wanted to use a condom. I thought maybe that means we can't have sex. But if she doesn't want to have sex without a condom and I don't have a condom, then that means that we can't have sex. And like, if I'm going to do that and not have the conversation, that's like, like that, what's, what's worse, not having sex or having sex when it's like not okay to be having sex, you know? But I was just scared of the conversation because I wanted to have sex. (sighs) And, um, the great thing about the conversation that I had with that girl though was, that she was so open about it and she was so ready to to talk to me about it and not just go, fuck you, piece of shit, you did this, to go, look, I don't think you're a bad dude. I think you will understand this when I put it to you, but I do need to tell you this because I don't want that to happen to anyone else because it's ruined, like, you know, any chance of you and I having sex again. And I, fuck, man, like, I completely get that. It's a bummer. And, um... I respect so much that she was ready to have that conversation with me openly. And so when I spoke to my female friend, the one who was assaulted, I told her that story and she said, um, like, yeah, that's really cool of her to come to you like that. And of you to be able to accept that and, and, and immediately kind of withdraw and go, look, I'm really sorry and try and understand because the dude who assaulted her, she came to him first before she went to the police and she went, this is what you did. This is why it made me feel bad. Um, 
And look, by the sounds of it, the the situation with her was like on a complete other level to what happened with me and this girl, where there was just wasn't a conversation. But with her and this guy, it was like she fucking said no so many times, um, and uh, and he still did it, you know. But she was. She said. She said. Um, that my reaction of, like, humility and, and, God, this is fucking terrifying to talk about, by the way. This is absolutely terrifying to talk about. I'm so fucking scared right now that someone's going to hear this and interpret it as, like, I assaulted someone. I didn't. The fact that I have an open dialogue with this girl kind of makes me feel okay about it, but I'm still, I'm scared to fucking say this stuff out loud, which is crazy. So, uh, my friend, the female friend, said that, um, she thinks that my reaction was important because, um, it was, I was willing to try and understand. And this guy, when she came to him, he immediately was just like, fuck you. I didn't fucking do that. Stop fucking lying. Rah, 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 rah. And t- rather than trying to understand, he just immediately went on the offensive, which, kind of said to her, like, oh, you know you did something wrong and now you're scared, you know? And that's why she took it to the police. What am I trying to say here? When I talked to the dude who runs that room and talked about why he banned the assault guy, it was basically like, dude, we're just trying to... We're just... We need fucking compassion in this whole situation. All that's missing is the compassion from that guy to understand this is what I did because... As soon as it's put to him that he did something to hurt someone, he immediately goes on the offensive and is like, fuck you, I didn't fucking do that. And that's that's where his credibility breaks down. That's why my female friend went to the police. And that's why he's banned from this comedy room. Oh, deal with people with fucking compassion. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Fuck. I've, I think I've spoken all that I can on that topic. I really hope that everyone who's listening understands what I'm trying to say there, and um, now I want to try and say something fun. I don't know that I can say something fun after that. How long have I done? I just talked about that for 20 minutes. Oh my god. (sighs) Look, I... um... (laughs) Maybe I'll read these emails. This will be a fun, silly thing to do now. (laughs) <laughs> is everyone okay? Are people still listening? Is this good podcasting? Is this an interesting conversation to have? I'm sweating right now. Drinking my fucking tea. I don't have English breakfast tea today. I've got fucking Red Bush again. It's too sweet. It's too fucking sweet. Alright. So, uh, the other day, I was uh, hanging out with my mate Phil, and we went to... I love Maxi Bonds. I don't know if you guys know about Maxi Bonds. If you're not from Australia, that's fucked. You don't know them. In Australia, there's a thing called Maxi Bonds. It's an ice cream. It's uh, like ice cream with one half covered in chocolate and one half sandwiched in a biscuit. And um, we got a pack of four. 
And one, one, the last one, which was mine, so we had two each, and we just walked around, and uh, the last one was mine, and it, it was missing, like, if you hold your hand out with just the thumb tucked in and four fingers, take your pinky finger away, that's how much of the biscuit it was missing, right? So I sent Maxibon Consumer Care this email. I said, hey guys, first of all, I want to say I love Maxibons so much. They are fantastic mouth-watering treats that never fail to satisfy I brought a four-pack of the cookie flavor today with my mate Phil, and we set off on a stroll around leafy North Melbourne to enjoy our capital T treats. We finished the first two before the end of the block, and Phil told me a story about an alcoholic he met who told him when he walked into a room full of alcohol, his only thought was, what am I going to do when I finish this? A sad thought to contemplate, but when Phil related that back to our current situation with the Maxi Bonds, I couldn't help but agree with resignation and unwrap my second ice cream. I am trapped by my addiction. When I did, I found to my disappointment that a large section of biscuit was missing. I dug in the bin and fished out the wrapper, not joking, only to find to my and the, and the lady onlooker's dismay that it wasn't in there either. It had plumb and vanished. Oh, <laughs> I still feel kind of shook from the last story. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what to say other than I'm sorry to have to write to you in this dire time, but could you please send me a replacement biscuit segment corresponding to that which was missing from my maxi bond? I wish you all the best and really am sorry that I contact you under these forlorn circumstances. I wish you nothing but goodwill. Thank you and God's peace be with you, Aiden. So I sent that to them, right? And uh, a few days later, I got an email back. And they said, incident reference, blah, 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 blah. Dear Aiden, thank you for taking the time to contact the consumer care team at Peter's Ice Cream in regards to your recent purchase of Maxibon. It's all in caps. Monster Cookie MP4. <laughs> I love that they use the fucking product name in there as well. Like they have to still, even though they're about to be very silly, they still like got to play it by the book on some level. Unless I'm like, uh, actually, I didn't get Monster Cookie. I got the Caramel Crunch. So... Here you are fucking up again. Like <laughs> They're so scared they're going to give shit away, you know. Um, thank you for blah, 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 blah. We were very much dismayed to hear that this Maxi Bond saga did not have a happy ending. A Maxi Bond without a biscuit is just a Maxi wrong. <laughs> very good. The chief biscuitarian will be displeased to hear of such folly during biscuit inspections. <laughs> To right this wrong, we would be pleased if you would accept a customer service gesture in the form of a gift card, which will be sent upon receipt of your reply. We hope that you remain a valued customer of our products, and if you have any queries or questions, please do not hesitate to contact us on 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. Okay, who cares? Kindest regards, Peter's Ice Cream Consumer Care Team. So, a few days later, I sent back... Um, Oh my god, the chief biscuitarian is real? I thought that was just something we were told as kids. Do they really have a biscuit for a head and a shiny suit made of Maxibon wrappers? And do their creamy feet really melt in the summer sun just like the stories? My dad told me those spots on the ground were just old chewing gum, but I knew he was lying! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! Thank you! I graciously accept your offer of a gift card. Thank you so much. Please send it to my address... I don't know if this is asking too much, but if you could also send a picture of the Biscuitarian, I think I might cry. Thank you again for your timely response. You've made an old man very happy. Yours from a cave at the edge of the shore, Aiden. <laughs> I don't know why I put that, but I really like that from a cave at the from a cave at the edge of the shore. It's I don't know. It, 
It reminded me of like some sort of like I'm writing this in a novel. I don't know. I like the poetry of that. I hope they appreciated that. Anyway, I must have appreciated something because I got this back on Friday. Aiden, the chief biscuitarian is real, although he is enraged by the way us humans have butchered his legacy. The tale of a biscuit for a head is a fallacy and is born from rumours that his arch nemesis, Hannibal O'Bill, spread about him. Is that a Buffalo Bill reference? The, that other ice cream with the gummy... B- that What a garbage fucking ice cream. Maxi Bonds all day, baby. Anyway. The chief biscuitarian wears biscuit-plated armour with a shiny Maxi Bond wrapper cape. His creamy feet do melt in the summer sun, which is why he carries his sphere of istis... Istis. Istis. Like, justice... That's the only part that I got a problem with here. That come on, man, Istis. I think you guys can do better. I really like you. I think you can do better than that, <laughs> Istis. Although maybe that's the, maybe we just have different sensibilities, and you really like that. Yes, I'm talking to the consumer care people right now. I'm gonna send this to them. This pod in the fucking email. I really hope they listen. If you do, I love you. <laughs> um, Spear of Istis to protect the ground around him as he walks from the heat. You were right to question your dad's lies. He is probably in the employ of Hannibal O'Bill. Do not trust him. Attached, you will find a rare picture of the chief biscuitarian captured in his natural habitat. He will not like us sharing it with you, but we feel you are one of his true and loyal subjects. Guard this picture with your life. Your gift card has been posted. Peter's Ice Cream Consumer Care Team. And and they sent the picture. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, they sent a picture, um, and it's like, I mean, I'm going to post it in the show notes and all the stuff that goes with this pod. Um, fucking, what a fantastic company. Fuck yeah. I want to send a bunch more shit to those guys, man, or not those guys, but like, I want to send a bunch more like consumer complaints out to people and see if I can do more of these. Consumer care people are fucking sick. Those are people who are just like in marketing teams and whatever, and I guess of their Friday, they sent it to me on a Friday, so it was like, I guess of a Friday afternoon, they don't have that much shit going on, so they're like, what are we going to do, this is fun, they're probably a couple beers in, let's fucking make, they made a little model, they got an ice cream out, they put the wrapper as the cape, they got, they got wooden spoons with little marshmallow feet, they made a, a shield, they made a little sheriff's badge, <laughs> it's so good, um, Fuck, those guys are the best. So, yeah, I want uh, I want to send more shit out to marketing teams and consumer care teams. Because the last time I did that with the fucking toothbrushes as well, it was sick with Colgate. I bet all marketing teams are like that. Whew. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell uh, one more thing. I had a few little other notes here, but I I don't know. I'm, oh, 26 minutes. Maybe I can talk for longer. We'll see how we go. I'm still thinking about that first story. By the way, if you're still listening and remembering that, I actually do talk to that girl still. The girl from um, from January. She's fucking dope, man. We still talk. I feel like I need to add that in there as well. That's when I've told people that's another question that they have. You still talk to her? Yeah, we're still mates. Um, we had that chat and it was very cool and we opened up about that kind of stuff. This will All right, this will lead nicely into that. On Thursday, uh, my mate Alita hit me up and was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Uh, I got tickets to this show and my friend bailed. Do you want to like buy a ticket and come with me? It was at the corner, which is a great music venue in Melbourne. And it was, uh, this chick called Stella Donnelly. And I looked up a couple of her tunes on YouTube and I was like, yeah, it seems cool. It's like singer songwritery stuff. She's from Perth. She's young. She's 25. And I was like, 
fuck it. Yep, I'll go. Let's do it. And we go to the show, and uh, man, this girl, this girl is incredible. She's fucking like just an amazing voice, just up there by herself with a guitar, singer songwriter kind of stuff. Banter in between in between songs. Oh, I got the hiccups now. <laughs> um, her fucking stories and shit that she was telling in between songs were incredible. They were like there was like. Um, uh, oh, the the funniest part for me was she played some song towards the end. Like she was just telling stories about whatever, some serious stuff, some funny stuff. And then at one point she goes, "Guys, I really love coming to Melbourne. Uh, this tour has been great, but uh, Melbourne has always been a great city to come and play music to. So I want to do something really special for you guys tonight." She's like fiddling around with her guitar. I want to do something tonight that I've not done uh, on any of the other shows on this tour. What I want to do next, and I want to play this next song in tune. <laughs> just great comic timing there. Um, she was fucking cool, man, and she was just a badass. And uh, But the song that kind of links into what I was talking about before was she has this song called Boys Will Be Boys, which I've had in my head all week. It's catchy as fuck. It's a slow ballad, and it's about her friend who was sexually assaulted. And, uh, evidently it's like from back in Perth and the, it sounds like a really intense situation. The picture that I conjure in my head from the lyrics is like, it's at a party they were by themselves and, um, and this guy put his hand over her mouth and, and like raped her. And, uh, I don't know, man, go listen to the song. Boys will be boys. I, I showed it to a friend of mine and she said like, wow, that song should come with a content warning. It's. It's um, it's intense, like it's visceral shit, but it's an amazing song, and it's kind of telling of like the subject matter of how good the the music is, is that I've been singing it all week, and then it got that song, it got the song "Rising Up from the Ashes" by The Living End from like fifteen years ago in my head because the opening like interval of the melody is the same as "Rising Up from the Ashes," so I, I, that's a good song, man, when it can remind you of another song, you know. Go check that out, Stella Donnelly. If you like, if you if you like singer songwritery kind of storytelling music, go check out Sarah uh, Stella Donnelly. Man, it's a, it really feels like she, I don't know, it feels like she really cares about stories. And that was what she said in the show as well. She was like, I really appreciate appreciate appreciate. Fuck me, appreciate you guys coming out and um, like taking the time to like give us the space to tell these stories with our music. Like it sounded like she really cared about stories and the power of stories, you know, which I just love. Um, and then the other, <laughs> the other music recommendation that I have this week for you guys is uh Wheeler Walker Jr. <laughs> Who like, man, uh, I was listening to uh, Your Mom's House again with uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky and Wheeler Walker Jr. is this country musician from the States and it's like, they said it right on the thing. It's like he's doing country music while also making fun of country music. That's the truest, like, that's like the best, uh, what's the word, like parody, you know, when you can prove that you can do something and then you're allowed to make fun of it. It's like you come from a place of knowledge. It's like Stuart Lee says, he goes to Scotland and he rips on Scottish people for really specific things that show that he's aware of Scotland. So you know that the, the, um, like the parody isn't coming from a place of jealousy or hatred or negativity. It's coming from a place of like, I've considered everything and I've still decided that you're dumb for these reasons. That's the, and that's the strongest point of criticism, right? 
when you show that you've really considered someone's point and you still disagree. And uh, so this guy is like making fun of country music while doing country music, and it's great country music, man. It's like, it's like um, the song, uh, <laughs> the song that I think is the funniest is uh, "Eating Pussy and Kicking Ass." <laughs> <laughs> and he just talks about eating pussy and kicking ass. But uh, the song that's the best country song is Fuck You Bitch. And he, it's just like, you know, you broke my heart, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But it's like really beautiful slide guitar stuff. He's got a nice voice. And then, and then the song's called Fuck You Bitch, which is like the best piss take of any heartbreak song I've ever fucking heard. Because at the core of any heartbreak song is just fuck you, you know? Um, I don't know why I'm trying to break down intellectually this this dude who's just trying to have a laugh. But anyway, I told my mate Benja that. Um, I told my mate Benja, like, have you heard of this guy? Benja's a dude I went to high school with. Who Benja is, is uh, his dad has a favorite gun, right? That's the best description of... Paint a picture in your head of that guy, you know? But he's a great dude, surprisingly smart. and uh, <laughs> But he loves that kind of, like, you know just, like, wild, stupid shit about fucking and gross stuff and whatever. So I sent him, I was like, dude, have you heard of this guy, Wheeler Walker Jr., and sent him a song? And he was like, bro, fucking, I've been listening to that guy for years, man. How fucking sick is he? And he goes, I said, dude, I got my dad an album of his for Christmas, and my dad told me I've got problems. <laughs> That's the kind of music it is, man. If someone's not prepared... If someone's not, like, I don't know, I guess if you pick the wrong person to show it to, they're going to be like, dude, what the fuck is this? Why have you shown me this? And also, now I'm concerned for your well-being. <clears throat> Those are my two music recommendations for this week. You got Stella Donnelly and Wheeler Walker Jr. Um, <sighs> I'm still tired, man. I think I think that's it for me for the week, though. Um, I'm really scared still about putting this out for everything that was at the start of the podcast, but I I really hope I gave my opinions and experience on that in the most measured way possible. I'm happy that I didn't use anyone's names. Fucking, if anyone has any stories or if that made you think about something, hit me up, man. I would love to hear about that kind of stuff or just get your perspectives on it. Um, especially girls, if any girls out there, um want to talk about that kind of stuff or have any opinions on that story from the the comedy thing that I that I talked about um hit me up and let me know man I think it's really important to talk about other than that though thank you guys for listening so much um this has been sitting under a tree I'm Aiden Taco Jones have a good one peace